We there yet? We there yet? The podcast with Rich Kiamko. Ah, that's me. (laughs) Okay, well, we're here and I'm sitting with, uh, virtually sitting here with Tony Lin, who is a journalist and I met you through Glad Media we were having a fight. We're in the middle. Of, we are in the middle of uh, Ground Zero, New York City Metro. Well, I guess virtu- virtually everywhere in the world is in the middle of Ground Zero of coronavirus. Right. But uh, I met you on a virtual meeting with Glad Media, and you are a journalist. You were in China. Uh, tell me a bit about what what happened, what's going on, and what's up, what's up next. So basically, so this what what I. Yeah, I'm a documentary filmmaker. I'm a journalist for Quartz, a uh, finance business media based in New York and Hong Kong and Africa and all different places. Um, so what I have been working on is to cover uh, cover China's international influences. And of course, coronavirus has become a huge, huge headline for, for me since January. Um, so I have gone through the entire process of, okay, there is an outbreak and how people handle this outbreak. Oh, the medical system is broken and people are dying and there, and people are singing and, and all different aspects. So for me, what's happening in New York, what's happening in, in the United States right now, is probably my third, fourth time of going through the entire process. Um, yeah, so so wow. for me, I feel like you, you I'm see, a time traveler. Yeah, right. You've seen the original version, the original. I guess the, the arc. You've seen the arc, or you've actually seen. Yeah. You've actually seen the the curve in China, right? And yeah. you've seen the curve in in Europe, and now in we're trying here. to like we're trying to flatten that yeah. here. Right. But you're you're already you're like okay, this is how you. Like, like yeah. I imagine, and this is, I don't mean to make fun of it, I'm making fun of it, but people are like, no, you're not going to jazzercise your way out of it. You're not going to get an ab roller. Here's what you really need to do to flatten the bump. You know, I guess, I mean, not that you're a medical professional, but you're someone who's been watching what's been happening in each of these situations. So what is, what is your takeaway? Because I feel like this has been the, sl- I've been watching the lava come off the side of the volcano. And at first Trump's yeah. like, this is a hoax. And then now he's like, this is real. I've known it was a pandemic all along. And you're a bad journalist for asking me why, what would I say to people that are afraid? I'm like, I thought that was, maybe there's contextual issues and he was triggered, but really what what would you say? So what are you seeing? What did you see there? What did you see in Europe? What are you thinking for the US? So when Trump is calling this a hoax, it's not just Trump, one person. In, especially in the past, six, eight weeks, I have been that tinfoil hat-wearing person, the doomsday prepper kind of person. I've ruined multiple parties um, by telling friends, you need to be very, very careful. And that was the time, especially in early February, everybody was saying, um, a lot of people are saying, even the smartest people, I know we're saying, okay, it's just a flu. Look at like how many, uh, how many people uh, flu killed and look at this coronavirus. It might 
well be a media hype and all of that. And Trump's narrative of hoax, uh, I think it started with Fox News. I think Fox News are trying, re trying really hard to make it a case. It's Democrats trying to use coronavirus as a way to attack the legitimacy of the president and right. all of that. But even before that, um, there is a, such, a, uh, such a stubborn view from CNN, from other, like all the mainstream media, what they're doing is to conveniently say, okay, there is something that is here, but you know what, let's debunk this, let's debunk this hyperbole uh, by comparing the numbers between flu and other diseases and coronavirus. And if you go through my, tw uh, my tweets uh, in late January and early February, I've been saying that's not what we should look at. What we should really, really look at is can our local medical system handle an outbreak this size with like roughly estimated 20% of rates uh, for people who are being hospitalized? Um, can, can we actually, can, can our hospital handle these many patients? And can these poor people, can can poor people and uninsured people uh, afford the treatments? And, but at that time, not many people listened or some people, yeah, when I was, when I was at party, yeah, when I was at parties and people just like not alone, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of <laughs> sense, but they, they don't really listen to it. It right. wasn't until there is a whole lockdown of Italy, Rome, Italy, and then all of a sudden, people in America start to feel, oh my God, this is real, people are suffering. Or, yeah, yeah. They, many of them still, yeah, didn't completely buy it, but definitely Italy was a wake-up call. So I do feel like there is a subtle racism out there that the suffering in China and Asia, generally people find that's very distant, that's not relatable to me. But right. when, yeah, Italy, yeah, there's something happening in Italy, I have to cancel my wedding and all of that, all the shit is real. Right, right. I mean, I guess, uh, you know, I have a, another friend of mine who's Chinese and she was, as soon as we heard about it, she was already panicking and like not wanting to go out. And, and I, I even thought like, are we being racist or, or our own self-loathing? Just because I'm like, but I'm also, I'm already very germ aware. Like when I, I'm, I'm a comedian, I'm in clubs and I like, I haven't, I mean, now when I was the last phase, I was like cleaning, cleaning off microphones and stands and the wires before going up for shows. But even before that, I would be, and if I'm in the bathroom, I'm not touching anything. I'm like, like knobs. I'm always like using something other than my hand to open. And I'm, I'm like, when I wash my hands, I'm like elbowing and. Wow, you're way better than me. <laughs> well, well, cause you know, I, I, not that this is a direct correlation, but I had Lyme disease many years ago. And it just made me think, like, I just disregarded that. Well, whatever. And that, that, that little piece of carelessness, like, I wasn't in a wheelchair or on crutches or, you know, all these different phases of that process and, like, shooting a, a you know, a pick line, a tube into my pericardium, you know, like, basically doing chemo, uh, you know, not exactly chemo, but some sort of chemical treatment for months and thinking, I just want to, at first, I just wanted to pass I didn't want to be in a wheelchair. And then I'm like, okay, can I just be looking cool in, a, in a crutches? Can I walk without that obvious of a gimp? Like I went all these little kind of plea bargainings with God. So after that, I'm just like, I am any kind of preventative for any kind of medical 
situation that would cause me distress. I'm like, I am much more proactive than that. But uh, not to say that, you know, sexually I've practiced safe sex every single time. And I think immediately I'm getting a blood test going every time I didn't do the appropriate thing. I'm like, why would I do that to myself? So, you know, I, I felt a little like an outlier. Like I immediately was staying in. I had a little cold and I stayed in. But I thought maybe I'm crazy because everyone else is just living their lives in New York and everyone's just doing clubs and going and doing shows. I even canceled some shows before the New York lockdown because I was like, I, I just don't feel like, you know, maybe I'm parent. I'd rather like maybe I won't get sicker, but I just, I thought it couldn't hurt to protect ourselves. And then now, of course, everything is like, fuck, why, we, why do we wait so long? Yeah, to me, it's just, it's, it's bound to happen. Like I tweeted um, in early March, basically saying, you know what? Uh, a lot of people are talking about all these lockdowns and how they're the, the, uh, all these like outbreaks and all of that. What I, a part of, on top of all of that, what I really concern, what I'm really concerned right now is all the gyms lockdown and how that would impact our gay community. Yeah. Um, like, how am I going to get day, abs? I got to get abs and biceps. Like how am I going to do <laughs> exactly. that? Exactly. Or a part of the community that really a lot of people really have to have access to the gym. And you know what? The next day, uh, Chelsea Pure Fitness that I, I, I go to got shut down. And now all the gyms are shut down, of course. Um, yeah, so so a lot of times people don't really get the magnitude and all the, the big things and the small things, every single aspect of our lives are being impacted right now. Right, right. And what is, I mean, I wonder if like there was, there was some downplaying in China as well with, in terms of letting people know. And it's, you know, if, if, I, if I had like some special magic wand to see what was their lag time and, and what happened, but at least, and then what's the, you know, the parallel to Italy and Europe and us, but at least in China, Although it's not a democracy, they got everyone to stay inside. So I mean, Americans so don't want thing. to do that. Yeah. Americans want their freedom. I mean, I do too. I still went outside today. I went like with my hazmat on and like didn't get near anyone, but I went outside to like bike a little bit. I haven't, I mean, sitting still. I'm, I'm at my, my front yard. I'm all set right now. Right. Like, what are you doing? You should be like, you know, <laughs> under, a, yard. You know under, yeah, under a, a plastic bubble with your own oxygen tank. I mean, I don't know how far. I, we have to ask Fauci or uh, what, what, to what it's, it's, it's confusing too. what even what we're getting at these press at, at, when, when they have the daily coronavirus press meetings. It's, you know, Trump right. will say one thing, the, the, the health of official will say another and then Trump will contradict. And then That's they'll try to like Trump's part. Yeah, right? I was like, just let like the doctors talk, let the scientists talk. And like, I, Regardless of political party, just neither political party are, are trained medical professionals. Let the medical professionals set the, you know, I feel like the medical professionals are sort of, I watch them, I'm thinking, are they, what kind of like gymnastics are they doing in their mind to like politely navigate the politics of, of messaging? Um, so yeah, let me walk you through the timeline of what's going on in China. So basically in December, there have been, there have already been rumors around Wuhan saying that, okay, there is a particular market and people who go to that market, uh, some of them has this kind of like SARS-like pneumonia. 
and uh, yeah you should kind of like stay away from it that was the time that so people were already making rumors around that market going that's right. we're coming down with yeah them. and it took china for quite a bit of time um to acknowledge this particular virus as human to human and actually during yeah on january 1st and january 3rd china arrested detained and reprimanded eight people all of them now that we know most of them are doctors for right. spreading the so-called rumor and one of the doctor actually one of the doctors actually died from he died he was this, the whistleblower you know, he died yeah the irony yes. was he was trying to save everyone and he died in the process and was arrested yeah and the uh, even the the hospital itself because the 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 leader of the hospital basically asked him the doctors not to wear masks because that create public uh, public anxiety uh, at that time oh so there had been a delay of responses it wasn't until january 20th when uh the central the state media acknowledged this virus one it's um it spreads human to human two we all need to act fast but even before that for example uh on january 18th the local government actually organized a chinese new year feast with 40,000 households 40,000 households having dinner together that's just uh that's really insane um what they yeah, knew it was happening but they wanted they, they wanted did the not know. they did not know they did well oh, it's So, well, actually, I have a uh, I produce a, a documentary, a video for courts. On it can be searched on YouTube. It's called "Lessons from China's uh, uh, Early Coronavirus Response." It has okay. like yeah, seven hundred thousand views out there. Um, so it it kind of like outlined the the entire timeline. You can you can uh, take a look at the details. So there are different layers of Chinese government out there. So. It seems now that looking back and given all the the paperwork that we can access right now, uh, the central government knew the case, knew there there was something happening. There had been they started informing Amer U.S. American government on January third. On January third, they told the U.S. government yeah. January. Right. So January third, but they weren't telling they, their own people. They're not. Uh, they on the same day they arrested people. So yeah, we have to really look at the cover-up, yeah, within China. But also, we have to start thinking. China has been giving, giving the United States updates, constant updates since January third. January third. So this is this is not some. Oh, we found out in February. Call no. it a hoax in February. No, and, absolutely. Just not. just so it's clear, because because it's so foggy. Like there's so many different stories, and even like. The versions I we I've heard out of Trump is like I knew all along. Like, well, didn't you just say it was a hoax? Didn't you dismiss it? So it's like, and even the media, I, I you know, there's there's such a constant media feed, a news. There's everything's breaking, so I can't tell anything if anything is important. It's always breaking, so there's no like, they don't have a timeline on the news. Like, going, here's this information on this day. It just keeps slowly tweaking and updating, and I never really know when right. did we actually find out. When, so our government knew, as of January third, yeah. that there was this re coronavirus existed, and it was spread very easily, and it was dangerous. Um, I don't know the, the what kind of wording they use. They do, hmm. but it's serious enough for 
Chinese government to, to tell the U.S. right United States about a local public health issue. That's so there is certain kind of concern for sure. But yeah, but then there's local cover up and all of that. Uh, it wasn't until January 20th uh, the outbreak has become a na national issue, and after that, um, within a week, um, there have been a lot of uh, you know uh, national emergency and yeah, the lockdown happened on January 25th or yeah a few days around that, um, if I remember right. Um, but so so here's the thing. What we praise, well, there, there definitely something wrong in China's early responses, and that's the same thing. Uh, that's actually, that's actually the same reason or the same same strength China had in terms of the late response. So the authoritarianism, the authoritarian control, really control restrict the flow of information, but in the in the meantime, it has certain kind of mass mobility to force people to stay at home. They have this kind of you know, grid manage uh, grid system, which means, for example, uh, you're building and the, this neighborhood has certain group, a team of people, uh, either volunteers or affiliated with the, uh, the government. They would knock on your door, yeah, one by one to test your temp temperature and ask you to not to go out and then they kind of like give you ticket to let you leave your neighborhood or leave your building to get grocery wow. there's a very draconian approach to it to fix this wow. screw up. well i mean it's it's one of the i guess it's the shadow and the gold of that system the shadow is people have no freedoms but the gold of that is if this happens when they say lockdown they get a lockdown. There's not a lot of time they get locked down. There is a huge like human rights violation. There are a lot of people who are trapped in Wuhan for over two months because they're just visitors or they're tourists or something like that. So I always tell, yeah, I, I was right and tell people it's hard. Don't just praise. Okay, China did, did this and they affected control. No, we should comment on specific measurement that's taken. So this particular thing, it works. It comes at a cost. Right. Because right. when you're praising the everything out there, it's actually also praising the same measures they took to arrest the uh, the doctors, the whistleblowers, to censor online information. All right, that. right. I mean, because it's a double-edged sword. Like they, you know, in the, the if it was used in the utopian idealistic sense, they would have praised the doctors, protected the doctors, and it would have created a whole other kind of. It, the escalation would have been less, but this, so it's, it was weird. They, we're going to protect the world. We're going to punish these people who actually helped save more lives. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, and it's still being censored. A lot of information is still being censored. Right. So I, I wonder, I'm curious, like, are the numbers really going down in China? Uh, yes. Um, I think for, for a few different reasons. One is that uh, it's, it's a public health issue. I actually went on BBC to talk about this. It's like, it's a public issue. So it requires certain kind of transparency. If you just keep covering up, it can only get worse and it will hurt the economy and it will, it will ultimately hurt the legitimacy of the governance. But in the meantime, I actually wrote about this today. There is a huge misunderstanding. So to you, what kind of number do you think China has right now? Like every day? Is there an increase or is there a decrease? What's your impression? 
Well, the impression I had from the news is that like it's flat or it's the numbers. There are no there are no new cases or there are new new no new cases at all. So which is I consider I do think there's yeah part of truth yeah. It, is, is it possible to have no more new cases? How, that's if they're testing everybody. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I if you actually dig into the details, uh, the the criteria for no new cases is different. Or what do you think? What there is no new cases mean? Right. Well, I, I could say from my experience, I I wanted to get tested, and there are no tests unless you know someone who tested positive. Right. And then even then, I have to be have to have symptoms. There's so many. There's such a high threshold yeah. to even be tested. So uh, if we don't really so, have a real number here, I, how does China have a real number if we don't even? You know, there's so many levels of. So basically, if everyone's what, tested, then we'll have a real number. What China China's criteria. It's, it's actually not a bad criteria. What I'm saying is there's a huge mis misunderstanding. So what China says, there's new, no new cases. It, it, it means there's no new symptomatic cases. Uh, so, so there's plenty of people could be walking around carrying no, it. Actually, so they, they're testing, they're aggressively testing people and the Ch uh, Chinese government do have a database of people who are tested positive, but asymptomatic. Asymptomatic, they okay. Are, yeah, they are required to to be put in quarantine. Uh, according to the yeah, National Health Commission, it says that uh, basically what they think is no, the asymptomatic cases, they are, it's not likely for them to spread, so they do not publicize the number, which so, is not exactly true, but there is, yeah, it gets very complicated. Because, but I, because I thought you could yeah. still spread it if you're asymptomatic, have no symptoms, yes. you could still give it to someone. Absolutely, yes. Uh, but but China, when they are testing, they, after testing, it's been reported to the government, and they, uh, these asymptomatic cases are being put in quarantine. It's right. not the perfect solution, but right. compared to what we have in the United States now, we don't even have the luxury to have to know who are the asymptomatic. Yeah, cases. we're not testing anyone unless they're on fire. And if you're on fire, yeah. you have to know someone. If you're on fire, we're still not gonna test you because you have to know uh, people who tested positive or be in the NBA. If you're in the NBA, we're gonna test you. You don't have to have any symptoms. We're going to test you because you're an NBA player. But if you're a regular person who's not an NBA star, we're not testing yeah. you. Even if you're on fire, you have to know someone personally. I don't care if you've watched the playoffs, you know, if that haven't happened. You know, it's just ridiculous. Like if, and maybe this is my own na naivete or my own kind of ide you know, idealism is like, if we have the capacity to test everyone, I mean, we might even test people at the wrong time. They might, you know, they get tested, they're negative, and then they go out and make contact with someone who's asymptomatic and get it, and then we haven't tested them. So there's somewhere between testing everybody, that's whether they have symptoms or not, or only testing people who are on fire who know someone. Because that's just such a small pocket of testing. You have to test, we don't, we don't have 3 million tests to give. But what you United States did have is like two fucking months to prepare. Oh and my pre God! You need to do your homework. They all procrastinated. Now they're pulling. The United States is pulling a medical emergency all nighter to try to like pull it together. You can't do an all nighter with with a pandemic. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I'm making fun of it, but I'm I'm mad underneath my humor. I'm so mad that it we 
it also shows there like, is. There, the failures of our health system. There, there is a benchmark, which is South Korea, which um, South Korea detected the very first case the same day as America. Now they really? Has, yes. Now they are flattened the curve. They become the model of a democracy, which successfully device, you know, all these like drive through and all these kind of new method. And they do a large scale testing. Yeah, they're doing like 10, 20,000 a day. Something like that. I mean, we did 600 here in Bergen County. And that was like, woo. I'm like, and I'm glad we're testing, but can we do like 6,000, 60,000? I mean, we need to set up, we need to set up like, we need to have like coronavirus Starbucks stations. As many Starbucks um, as we have, we have this many. In Germany, they do this kind of testing case delivery, no contact delivery. So they knock on the door somehow and they leave it there and they, you can just pick it up and test it. Yeah, give yourself a test at home. Wow. But then, my, so the thing is, the, it's a pretty invasive swabbing though. It's not like you're just having, you got to go in there. How do we know oh, the people? Just, how do we know it's people just are really one swabbing? kind of testing. Yeah, they're, uh, first of all, the, the testing itself is another story. They're, uh, the test kits uh, itself, they, it needs certain kind of quality control. And there are three kinds of mainstream testing. Um, I forgot there's one is to do a swab. And another is to actually literally take some liquid from your lung. And yeah, yeah. How do they like do that? that? Like hang upside down and cough till something comes out? I, I, I'm not a medical professional, and also I consume a lot of information, this medical information in Chinese. So I have to really watch out, yeah, what I say here in terms of translation and all of that. Oh, okay. Um, Again, you're yeah, not a medical professional. Right. You're just a journalist, and you're Chinese. Right. That's it. Let's not add any other story to that. That's the data. Yes. And you'll be in American, this American life next week. But, you know, that doesn't make you... Uh, no, a medical I, professional. I want to make sure the information I give out, they're, yeah. Right, right, right. And yeah, so, the, yeah, the testing can, can there, there, there might be a chance, there might, there might be chances of false negatives. That's right, right. But it's, what's fascinating is the way that each neighborhood has a team to go door to door and give a, you know, a pass or a, a, a hall, basically a hall pass, a Chinese government hall pass for you to go out. And, and also everybody gets a QR code. A gets a what? QR code. A QR, oh, QR code. code. Oh my God. <laughs> well, at least yeah. they're using QR codes. I don't know where else they use them. I guess they're using them in China. They never took off here. <laughs> yeah, it's huge in China, in Asia in general. Yeah, well, that makes sense then because it's, because also if the Chinese government bought it, then it's, you know, everyone's going to use it. Here, there's so many different systems and people decide what they want. And QR, QR didn't have the marketing arm of, a, of the Chinese government to say, you're just going to take this and use it and streamline it. Um, so everybody is color-coded. So if you're green, it means you're healthy. If you're yellow, it means, yeah, you, you might be a suspect case. If you're red, you can't go anywhere. If you're green, you can travel like to a different province at this moment. Wow. Oh, you can. But how do they know? I guess because they, they test you and then they, they take a temperature. They still take your temperature wherever you go, I guess. Yeah, my friends, parents, I think they went out for grocery shopping and they got tested. They got temper check, temperature check for five times. Yeah. Wow. Just on the way to the grocery store. Yeah. At the grocery store on the way, there's like checkpoint. And that was like a 
yeah, a few weeks ago. When, yeah, it was right, right. I mean, yeah. that's great. I mean, I... can we do it here? <laughs> yeah, how would no, you do? It's not likely. I yeah. can't imagine how you do. We can't even get people to vote. You know, we can't even get people to register to vote. How are we going to get people to volunteer to be part of their neighborhood? I mean, I'd love that, but that, that's. I mean, I guess also there's. So it, some people are volunteers for their neighborhood. So that's amazing that people are that committed to the community. That they oh, would some, well, when it comes to this temperature <coughs> check and stuff, it, it comes from some quarters, but there are a lot of volunteers who, um, uh, who, who actually volunteer to, delivery, uh, to deliver groceries for, for the elderly people. And, oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, and one of the, the most touching story is actually uh, at a point, at one point, uh, it is believed that Kalitra, a HIV drug, uh, can actually, yeah, help to cure or to at least, com yeah, combat the, uh, to fight the virus. Uh -huh. Now, actually, there are new research uh, finding out they're not actually that effective. But at that time, when people believed it to be helpful, a team of LGBTQ people, a team of uh, HIV uh, people with HIV, they actually spare their drugs and deliver those drugs to um, to the hospital. And, wow! Yeah. They, when they thought when they thought it was helpful, but it's not. It's, right. it's not as the, a, it's not as effective because when yeah, I think it was in January or February. There, there's still a lot of research being done done, but actually having the access to the drug would most certainly help people to figure out is it helpful or not. So, yeah. Oh. Cause there, there was a lot of, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of rumors on that. Cause I saw a rumor saying Truvada was something you could use to, I mean. That, I, I think that's actually, that stems from this particular drug that, yeah. Right, right. But that's yeah. how dangerous the internet can be if you don't have the right information. Cause I thought, oh my God, I've got a stockpile of Truvada. <laughs> that I haven't used uh, well, because I do have that stockpile, but yeah. I mean, yeah. I was a monogamous boyfriend. So I'm like, I don't have to take Truvada now, whatever, but I have only like five months worth of Truvada. So like right. I could sell this or I should, I should start taking it. I mean, or, you know, whatever, yeah, but yeah. yeah. But again, I was getting things on Facebook or social media of like, if you drink hot water and then you put it, you know, it was like all these weird graphics, like what? or put a hair dryer in your nose. Like, and people are sending me this. I'm like, is this, is this a joke? Are you, but there was no like smiley face laughing. There was just people right. sending things that they're desperate or they're, they want to help. Yeah. But yeah, they, that's well, not true. If that was true, then they, they would have a press conference go, everyone, you don't need to get tested. Just stick a hair dryer in your nose. Like, come on. I wish it's that easy, but, um, but people do want to regain a sense of control. Yeah, they want to know, they want to, if they don't have the sense of control, they want to create something. Okay, I have Truvada where I can, I can buy toilet paper that can give me, so I can do something to change right. the situation. Right, to feel safe. I'll just, if I have enough toilet paper for the next three years, then I, don't, I won't. Or 30. Or 30. I, I won't feel the fear and the vulnerability that I'm avoiding, right? Right. I mean, but there's a whole, the other thing though, that the, the article you sent me in the, about the New York Times about the masks is like, they kept saying in the, in the, you know, 
U.S. media that kept saying, don't buy masks. They don't work. They were saying they don't work. And if you had them, you wouldn't know how to use them anyway. And meanwhile, there's a shortage of masks. And even like construction workers now are donating their, you know, N95 masks. Which does cons- not work, which literally doesn't work. Right, right. But they're giving some, because I was, there was another thing about uh, the article like showed that even if you just wore like a, a, a bandana, it's still better than nothing. So if you yes. block some, even if it's like 10% or 20% of, I mean, the numbers were even higher, like 60, but it's if you're wearing a tight, but something to stop droplets from getting sprayed right out into your face. So a few different things. One is that, well, I want to preface that by saying WHO uh, suggests that you should not wear masks if you're not sick uh, and, or taking care of uh, people who are symptomatic and all of that. But there are a few different, uh, yeah, there are a few different advantages of wearing masks. While we admit that if everybody panic buying masks, it will create a huge shortage to the, uh, uh, the uh, medical system. But on top of that, first of all, masks can help you prevent, can prevent you from touching your face. Right. That's very basic. Yeah. It's, um, second is right now, if you go out on the street, it's very hard to know if the person, if a stranger care about their personal hygiene or not. Masks serve the a visible social signal that right. basically alert other people that for I, I do think there is some yeah in Asia a lot of people wear masks, then the, the societies quickly form this kind of solidarity. But here if yeah a lot of most people don't believe in the, the effectiveness of masks and they really you really don't know the people on the street do do they care about do they care about the, the outbreak or not? A lot of people are still partying and that. And the right. third is like encouraging people to wear masks actually destigmatize masks. Right now, if you tell people that um, you you only wear masks when you're sick, so if you go out and wear a mask, what does that mean? It means you're sick. Right. 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 It it invites hatred invites uh stigma and all of that and let's circle back asymptomatic people can still be yeah contagious so because he's right yeah so you're wearing masks not just protecting yourself you're protecting others so i don't know why there is such backlash against mask wearing out there we can certainly say it's not it's essential and we should save that for doctors and nurses and medical professionals. And also, by the way, we should start mass producing masks early, early and on. And domestically, we should be producing them here so we don't have to wait for some shipment from China. We could build- Taiwan started mass producing in January. Wow, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, the, the faith of China is not that strong and they're like, we need, you need to be alert. The NPR did, I think, if I remember right, NPR did an article about how Taiwan basically increases like multiple folds of their production power to, yeah, to manufacture more masks. And right. these are the things we could have done. Right. We can have a whole industry of, of jobs for Americans in the, especially in like the old textile 
you know, regions where there was textile and garment workers, just take those old factories, you know, I don't know if you can just, I don't, maybe they're all gone now, but uh, there's, there's gotta be some way we can form an industry. There's there some way it's, it's a little bit more difficult than that because masks are surprisingly hard to manufacture. Right. It's the, more technical than just the, yeah. then yeah. you're not making little yeah. tank tops and at forever 21 or H and M you're making actual technical right. materials, but there's, there's somewhere between we can't produce anything. I mean, right. we have a labor force here and if there's all this high unemployment, Let's manu- let's get people jobs manufacturing things that we need. Yeah. So we're not at the at the beck and call of other of of China. I mean, everything's made in China. It's we're hor- you know as much as we say we we don't agree with their human rights violations, but please make me my phone, make me my laptop, make me my my mask and my medical equipment. But stop acting that way. But please give me a good deal on this. So what, what's, what's next for you? Uh, I, I've been working on uh, several different, several other stories about the global supply chain after coronavirus. Basically, right now, the entire news, all the newsrooms across, across America, all the reporters become coronavirus reporters. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I have like several stories upcoming, which is, which is great. I'm very excited, but I had to cancel. Like most of my jobs involves, uh, most of my job involves international travels. I, yeah, I flew over a hundred thousand miles last year, but this year I had to like cancel. I was gonna go to Prague for a story. And now I was just like, yeah, I can stay here. Yeah. Right, right. I could just tell her. So now, how can people find you? What are what are your hashtags? Your 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 links? Your um. Uh, my Twitter handle is Tony underscore Z Y. Tony. T O N Y. T O N Y underline Z Y. Z Y. Z Y. Okay, and then you're you have the a name that what's the the YouTube thing you had that's oh it's uh. It's for quartz. Uh, the the title is quartz. Q U A R T Z. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can go to quartz YouTube channel and yeah, I can find the latest video about coronavirus. Okay, I'll have links in the meta here as well, but just so sure. people can hear it when they're listening, they can hear yeah, it too. Yeah, of course. Oh my God! So any what would I guess what would be your your one what would you want to tell what what would you like to tell people now because we're in lockdown or, or in the process of becoming lockdown. What is a reminder that what would you hand, what would be your pearls to hand uh, America now? Don't go out. Like, yeah, I still see people. (laughs) I I don't understand why people do that. Yeah, I, I just really, I can't emphasize that enough, which is there's 20% hospitalization rate for all people, not just for old people. There is a very high chance for young people to get very, very sick and take over the, uh, yeah, occupy the medical resources in the hospital now. And uh, if the, basically, if the whole system got broken, you are forcing your doctor to, and if you end up in the hospital and you spread the, the disease to your, to your parents or grandparents, you are forcing the doctor to choose between you and your grandparents who get to live. 
that's already that's already happening in Italy. Right in Italy, it's like if you're over eighty, we're not going to treat you. I mean, it's ridiculous. That sounds crazy. That sounds that's, that's like that's life trolley problem. That's a trolley problem. Uh, you know, like yeah, it, do you want to like steer the trolley to kill three people? Yeah, or like, oh trolley, the trolley. The trolley, yeah, the trolley, yeah, the trolley problem. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, who? Who? Who can? I want to kill the. Who do you decide? Yeah. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. So just stay in. It's so simple. Stay in. You know, watch TV, FaceTime, and and Zoom with people. Yeah. Right. Read a book. Working on declutter your closet. I don't know. You got all the things you haven't addressed in your apartment. Like I see my apartment now. My boyfriend complained all the time. This is clutter. I'm like, there's no clutter. I'm like, you know what? There's clutter in here. Now that I've been in here for a week. There's clutter now, in this apartment. Now it's time to marry condo your life. Yeah, now we can all we can all you know socially distance and declutter. We can Marie Kondo globally, Marie Kondo. I'm I'm a I'm an introvert, so this somehow feels like a very traumatizing vacation for me. Yeah, <laughs> so it Trauma- has like the perks that has the the trauma. But also, it has certain kind of perks, so that I don't have to like force myself to social. Right. Well, it's so in a way, it's your sweet spot. But the world is ending. <laughs> yes. It's like for me as an extrovert to be like, okay, everyone is forced into comedy clubs, but the world is ending. <laughs> uh, well, I really appreciate you taking time to uh, to share to share what you've seen. Uh, for more information, we can go to WTYPod. That's WTYPod.com. Uh, give us a review on iTunes or SoundCloud. And we'll have all the information for how you can find Tony Lin as well uh, at the, uh, in the meta of this as well. But thank you so much, Tony. I'm really great to spend time with you. Thanks so much. And all the best. Talk soon. Okay. okay bye. It's a comedy journey.